Okay. Um, okay, we're going to talk about Shabbos elevators. Let me just, uh, let's, let's start like this. Recently, in Bnei Brak, on the outskirts of Bnei Brak, there was a development that uh, began building buildings that were between 10 and 12 stories high. Now, everyone's been in Bnei Brak, and Bnei Brak, it's a, it's a low-rise city. There's very, very few buildings that are over uh, five, six stories. The reason for that being that it's a, a highly Shabbos-observing community, and it's hard to live on the sixth floor if, uh, if you plan on keeping Shabbos properly. Now, recently there was this new development in the outskirts of Bnei Brak that started building buildings <coughs> that were much taller. Now, what were they thinking? So they had spoken to, to an institute that's responsible for giving Hachshayim on Shabbos elevators, and they had come to an agreement that with certain additional you know, tikkunim and, and enhancements of the Shabbos elevator protocol, that they were going to present a Shabbos elevator that would be suitable for all Jews to use on Shabbos. And therefore they were being seimich, that, and more than seimich, they had gotten a hechsher or a promise of a hechsher from, from Grace Rabbanim, and they, they were pretty sure they were going to have an elevator that would be suitable for all, and therefore they'd be able to sell apartments that were on the 10th and 11th and 12th floors without a problem because people would be able to use the elevator. Now, when, the, when others got wind of this, they started making some sort of pushback that Shabbos elevators are problematic, you can't have Shabbos elevators, to the point where the Rabbanim who had given the Heter, who had given the Hechshah, were going to give the Hechshah on these elevators, went to have a sit-down with the G'day Hadar, and they published a letter with their retraction on their Heter after that, and, and the Nusach of the letter caught my attention, and that's, that's really the angle that I want to explore here. Maybe a little less pistons, and, and more this. The, the nus of the letters, the, the Paiskim who were going to be the Matirim on this were the Mechabrim of the Sefer Archa Shabbos. You know, the four-volume Sefer Archa Shabbos. They wrote that when they were young. They started writing that when they were in their 30s, I think. Today, they're in their 60s, give or take. It's uh, Rishalom Yosef Gelber and Rav Yitzchak Markai Rubin, two Rabbanim, two Gracer Rabbanim, together with Rav Suriel Rosenberg, another big Rav from Bnei Brak, and they were going to be the Rabbanim HaMatirim, Rabbanim HaMaskimim, on this new elevator with the new protocol. Now, they write over here, and this is the line that caught my attention. The beginning of that letter starts off like this. Hanhagas HaKlal, leading of Klal Yisrael, Mesur L'Gedoyle V'Zikne Hadar. It's given over to the G'doylem and the Zikanim of the Dar. Meaning, right there, they, they almost suspend their ability to paskin. Meaning, we're young, yes, we're paskin, yes, we went through the sugya, yes, we came to a conclusion where we think would be halachically permitted, but this uh, job, this, ta- this, this task that we were given to be baidik, the kashra status of a new elevator for Shabbos, that we thought we were reasonably certain, we came to the conclusion that this elevator does not uh, come into question with any Chilol Shabbos questions, but kasher banu kamei maranon v'rabanon. When we came in front of the gedayil, maran rashi yeshiva, hagayin rubgershon edelstein shlita zatzal, umaron hagayin hagadol rubdayv landa shlita. Shamanu as chavas daitem b'chol enyan hashimush. We heard their opinion, their position in regards to using elevators on Shabbos b'chol, and therefore they told us that they they feel it's inappropriate for Shabbos, coupled with the fact that elevators is an evolving science that could keep bringing up new questions. Together with that, we say we retract our, our, our hechsher, and therefore, And then they end up signing, and this is another potent line, 
Lucky is the generation that the, the young, the, the smaller ones, uh, heed the older ones, heed the, heed the great ones. So this, the letter is a very interesting uh, window into how psak sometimes develops. Meaning psak is not always about the halachas that it says. Psak is a much broader, it's a much broader need and a much broader um, a composition of things that go into it to come to psak. So it's that part of this letter that, that, that piqued my interest. And I, I want to explore the concept that they're expressing over here, of Zilus of the Shabbat, and you know, the general uh, idea of being shamer, the nature of Shabbos, how it's, how it's been adhered to for, for thousands of years, and this type of like, um, overall conservatism when it comes to, to Hilcha Shabbos, like being extra cautious and extra conservative to not have any new coolest. Now, let's just give some of the background information that's relevant to the Shilas of an elevator. The earlier machleksim, who was matir, who was machmer, and then we'll try to circle back to, to today's Zilus of the Shabbat aspect of it. So now the first part is what we need to discuss is why is electric an elevator is an electrical is an is an electrical electrical thing, right? You push the button, it closes this, it completes the circuit, and based on that, in those days it was a little more mechanical. Today it's a little more computerized. An elevator car will appear at this at the floor that you want. You'll push another button, and it will take you to the floor that you want to go to. That's you know pachas without getting uh, too scientific. Now, why is completing an electrical circuit? Why is pushing that button? Asar on Shabbos in the first place. There is obviously none of the 39 malachas that speak specifically to pushing an electrical button on Shabbos. Now, so, when electricity began to become popular in the early 1900s, some of the earliest paiskim, you know, some of the paiskim from that time talk about it. Amongst them, the Beis Yitzchak and the Rav Chaim and uh, other paiskim, you know, in, in the meantime, and, and, and uh, many different ideas about why electricity should be Asar on Shabbos um, you know, came up and, and uh, some of them a little more far-fetched, some of them with not the greatest Havana of how electricity works, but let's just be misakim some of them. So originally some place can felt that electricity is also because it's like making a fire. There's, there's electrical current fire, essentially because if electrical current is exposed to something else it could cause a fire, so electrical current is like a, a latent fire that's running through the wires and by creating that fire, that's mavir it's like making a fire in Shabbos. Now, it came along many other places, and they said that that's a misunderstanding of how electricity works. Electricity is not a fire, it's a current, it's natural forces, etc. It's not a fire. So now, two of the most prominent positions in why electricity is Asr are the Chazanish and Rishon Zalman Orbach. And based on them, we'll, a lot comes down from their meaning on how Hummer and how much you have to look at it. So there's, there's a, a beautiful correspondence, again, on the vein of Ashri, uh, you know, Ashri Hadar Sharaktanim Nishmam Ligdailim. There's a beautiful conversation, a chilufim mechtavim, letters back and forth between Rishon Zalman and the Chazanish. Now, Rishon Zalman is is kind of the hero of the story. He's the hero of understanding electricity and being makel when able, and and he's really the hero of the 20th century. You know, the one who really understood electricity and brought it like into the halachic terms how it is today. Now, as a young young man in his early 20s, Rishon Zalman put out a sefer called Ma'irei Esh which was about the definition of electricity in halacha, to explain what electricity is in halacha. The, the, what the Welt says, and this is actually expressed in some of the letters that I'll read to you from, is that Rishon Zalman's mother was deaf, and at that time they invented a, a, some sort of primitive hearing aid that would go in the ear or around the ear, and it had a battery in it, but it wasn't the type that was able to weed out like ambient noise and background noise, so it was extremely uncomfortable for the deaf person to use this, this hearing aid. So what it was, was there was a button you would push to engage the hearing aid, 
you listen to the person talking to you, you push the button and you turn it off. Because to leave it on the whole time would A, drain the battery, B, was, was gave the, person, the deaf person a tremendous headache. And if some Zalman was curious if it would be possible to use that on Shabbos, to be makel for his mother. And based on that desire, he was, you know, went into the sugya all the way, all the way in. And in his early 20s, he published a sefer called Ma'iri Yesh, where he characterizes, you know, what electricity is, lahalacha, and what the parameters, when you could use it, etc. Now, the haskamas to this Ma'iri Yesh, if you'll ever take a look, he has haskamas from, let's say, uh, the first one's actually from Rav Kook, who was uh, someone he was close with. The next one's from Rishi Zalman, who's his Rosh Hashiva in Eitzchayim. Then the third one, he sent away to Rav Chaim Oizer in Vilna to get haskama. And each one of them, it's almost like they're surprised. The Pashit shocked that a man his age could understand a topic this this sophisticated with such a tifa avana on the scientific side and the learning side. It's like they're, they're full of his spilus from Shamsalman at, at 20, that he's able, 20, early 20s that he's able to do this. Chaim Oizer actually writes that he's aware of some of the shilas. He He's not holding by publicizing them and going into them in a public manner. They're an obscure shilas. They're not so important to discuss. But once you're writing on it, you did an amazing job. Now, obviously, Chaim Weiser was from a generation before where electricity was an obscure, you know, semi-irrelevant Shaila, and Rosham Zalman was the next generation where electricity would, would dominate every Shaila, where it became, you know, one of the most important components of every Shaila. So, Yir Shir, Rosham Zalman, in his Mairiyesh, tries to characterize how electricity works, and he's responding to a, to a Chazanish. The Chazanish in, in our Chaim, Simen Nun, the Chazanish is Mechadish something. The Chazanish says that electricity on Shabbos, Ledaitoi, is either Boine or Makabipatish. He says, because what, the way an electric, electric current works is that there's the positive and the negative. There, everything's available. And when you flip the switch, it connects the current. It allows the current to, fro- to flow freely and create a full electrical circuit. And by creating that current, by bringing, he says, yesh me'ayin, you're bringing dead wires to life. You're completing the circuit and allowing the wires to function. Do what they sp- they're supposed to. That's bayna or makabipatish. He's a little bit unsure. But ledaita, he says, karev hadavr, that you're being over and anisadei raisa every time that you do, you turn on an electrical switch. That's what the Chazanish says. Now, the Shlom Zalman Orbach and many others found this to be a, a, a stretch, a little bit of a chiddish to them. And Shlom Zalman writes to, to the Chazanish letters to, to question it. Some of these letters were published in his Shuvah, some were published later in other Svarim, but it just, he, he, he writes to the Chazanish, for example, he, this is where you see the, 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 his mother's uh, hearing aid. He says, "Besifra the Hilcha Shabbos You wrote what you wrote. He says. Then he says, "Psak Zeshal Rabenu." This psak of you, the Chazanish Garam Litzar, caused me a lot of pain. He says, "Kizela Malam Eser Shanim." Ten years ago already, I had a Masa Matan with this with the Chashav Rav in Yerushalayim, because, because he says, "Vasisi Maisa Lahater." And based on my conversation, I was Matir Leimi Mayrasi Tichya Shalitzareinu Agadul Kavda Kavda Yaznei Mishmaya. My mother is hard of hearing; she can't hear anymore. And based on my understanding of electricity and how it's not that they rise that you describe it to be, and in conversation with other G'dayli Arabani and Yerushalayim, I was mekel. And seeing that you're publishing and you say for that it's over and it's a day raisa has caused me great, uh, great pain, he says. Then he goes, he explains a little bit how the, the hearing aid works. He explains why he's not chayshish for Makkah, Patash, and Baina and electricity. He gives a few examples of, of similar things that he holds would be a raya. And then, and this is like a beautiful part, he apologizes to the Chazanish for giving examples and for explaining. He says, obviously, you know everything that I know and then some, and it's not my job to educate you or to give you tzushtels and, and whatever. I'm just asking for a little clarification. If you could please take from your time to clarify the parameters of your position, that's all I'm asking. To which the Chazanish sends him back a letter. Shemazalman, you know, responds again, again, full of apologies and full of, of uh, you know, 
humble deference to the Chazanish, but again, standing his position that, that he wouldn't agree with the Chazanish, and you know, back and forth, and it's two letters, and, and they're, they're a little bit involved and technical to go through all the details, but the tone of them is, is a beautiful thing to see. Like Rishon uh, Zalman, at the same time, is not backing down, <coughs> strongly holds what he holds, and at the same time is completely overwhelmed with humility when, when discussing his opinions with the Chazanish. Now, Mechalefin, what Rishon Zalman seems to hold, which is what the Beis Yitzchak held, is that electricity is only the Rabbanon. That creating an electric circuit and turning on a light or doing any, you know, creating any electric circuit <laughs> is only the Rabbanon, either because of Meilid or Neulad or the, the Beis Yitzchak has other terms and there's many different Paiskish terms that they use to create it, but Rishon Zalman's worldview that electricity is only the Rabbanon, it's not that they rise of Baina, did become the dominant position amongst the Paiskim that electricity is not a deraisa, generally, unless electricity actually, like an induction heater or something like that, where it actually creates, like, so, like an incandescent bulb or an induction heater that actually creates a, a physical, you know, heated element, a metal that's heated to the point of being red hot. That is a vada deraisa of Mavi, but anything short of that, according to Rishon Zalman and, and most contemporary Paiskim, is only a drabana. So now that's step one to understand what could be wrong with electric circuits and, and how, to, how to look at them. Do we look at it like a deraisa or the Rabbanon? And according to most Paiskim, you know, outside of the Chazanish and a few others, Rav actually has several chuvas about electricity and he's, he's a little bit, well, in one of them he actually says that I don't really understand how electricity works and I don't know what it should be asked because of. In another one he brings five possible suggestions what it could be asked for. In others he suggests it could be Baina and others he doesn't. So it's very hard to get a, a, a clear feel what Ramesh held, the actual, like, really drill down and know what Ramesh held about electricity. If it's the rest of the it's hard to actually put your finger on it. But he does express the Chazanish's tzad that it could be Baina. So just in full transparency, Ramesh also brings that tzad to the fore in some of his chuvas. Now, a lot of electric could be like, let's say, a heater could be a fire. A lot of any, yeah, those, those could all be those fires. Those could be their exactly. Those are mostly their ices. But any, any electric, turning on these bulbs where there's no fire, or, or many other things where it's not that we're, lechayra wouldn't be a deraisa. The nafkamina would be for amir la'akum. Nafkamina is, you know, secretions with grammas. There's a lot of nafkaminas that come from the case. Okay, so let's just, let's, let's put that on the side. So now we have a little bit of background about what the, the, the parameters, the halachic parameters of the Yisr of electricity are. So now, the second nakuda that's very relevant to being matir, a Shabbos elevator, is the idea of automation on Shabbos. It's okay, if, even if something is asr, even if something is maybe even a deraisa asr, but how do we look at automation in halacha? What do we, how do we treat automation? So now, so now there is a machlikis in the Mishnah. The Mishnah on Shabbos, on Dafir Chasam, Dafir Zayin and Bez, actually brings a machlikis, Beishamay and Beishilo, about a litany of examples. The Mishnah goes through many, many examples of starting a malacha on Arab Shabbos in a way that it will continue on its own over Shabbos, like uh, starting something being dyed or starting something being ground or starting something being pressed. All of those are actual malachas de raisas. To press something on Shabbos is a de raisa. To grind something is a malacha de raisa. These are regular lamates avas malachas. And the Mishnah says examples where the Mishnah says that one is permitted to start it on Arab Shabbos even though it will continue on its own on, on Shabbos itself which is called in, in halachic terms, shvisas kelim, that a person is mechayiv to be shavis on Shabbos. A person is not allowed to do malacha. You have to rest on Shabbos. But you're not mechayiv to ensure that all your kelim are resting on Shabbos as well. Meaning your stuff that you own or processes that are happening, you're not mechayiv to stop those according to Beis according to Beishilil. According to Beishamai, a person is mechayiv in shvisas kelim as well and he's mechayiv to stop his kelim from doing malacha on Shabbos also. That's the basic machlekes of Shisas Kalim. Now, the Gemara introduces another element that we're all familiar with, 
And that's as follows. The Gemara brings a, a brysa that says that grinding, starting a, a water, a water uh, mill to grind on Shabbos, getting that started is not allowed. That's the Gemara brings from a brysa. Then the Gemara brings a machlikis. Rabbi Yosef and Rabbah had to learn that. Rabbah says, why are you not allowed to do that? He says, avsha milsa. It's a term everyone's familiar with. It's loud. It's noisy. And Rabbah doesn't explain why loud and noisy is problematic. He just says it's loud and noisy and therefore it's problematic. Avsha milsa. It's loud. It's noisy. It's problematic. Rabbi Yosef says, he responds to Rabbah. He says, why do you have to say avsha milsa? Why don't you just say shvi says keilam aser? Just say shvi says keilam aser. To which the Gemara says, therefore, Amr Rabbi Yosef, this brisa holds shvi says keilam aser. Now, Veto is coming from that. That so let's just follow this through. So now, according to Rabbah, even in Beis Hillel Shita, that Shvisa's Kalim is mutter, even in Beis Hillel that holds, that automation is fine, and that you could have a Kali doing something on Shabbos, but you see a caveat. If it's Avshamilsa, if it's noisy or public, or somehow doesn't stem with the environment, the attitude of Shabbos, it could be Asr anyhow, even though Shvisa's Kalim is not permitted. But if you do Rav Yosef's version, that this Brisa only holds Shvisa's Kalim Asr, so then we already know where we stand on that. We hold like Beis Hillel, that Shvisa's Kalim is mutter. So if you hold like Rav Yosef, then there's nothing to take out of this Gemara, according to Lada Rishonim. There's nothing that's Negea, Halach Lamaisa for us, who holds like Beshamit to take out of that Gemara. But if you hold like Rabbah, that that's a, a caveat in Beis Hillel Shita, so then we just learned a very new important rule, that even though Shri says Kalim is Mutter on Shabbos, when it's Av Shemilsa, it's problematic. And based on that, and is Machik Zirushonim had a Paskin, but the Machaber actually Paskins, that we hold like Beis Hillel, Shri says Kalim is Mutter always, even when it's Av Shemilsa. Comes along the Ramah, Ramah says, Rim, that if it's Av Shemilsa, Ikazilusa the Shabbata, and then it's Asr. If it's loud and it's noticeable that a Malach is continuing, even though it's Shabbos, then it's already something that's not okay, and that's Asr. And based on that, we'll be all the Shabbos with dishwashers and dryers and many household uh, things that are going on in your house that you could start before Shabbos, if they're permitted to continue or not, would be Tali on this. And the Paiskim will talk about it. The Ramah says it as a Chumrah, though. The Ramah says it, Lechatchila, a person should be Machmer, that when it's Av Shemilsa, even Shrisa's Kalim, you don't do. Now, that's the, the second component that's very important to understand <coughs> the elevator shadow. So now, now let's talk a little bit about the actual elevators. So elevators is like a hundred-year-old invention, let's say, and, and uh, eventually when, when Jews moved into urban areas that had elevators, it became an gay the Kishayla for them. And the question was to use them on Shabbos. So now the earliest solution was just to have a guy. If there's a doorman, so you ask the guy, that's what Paiskin talked about originally. Then they became available some sort of, uh, you know, moderation that you could do to an elevator to make it stop on every floor. The original Shabbos elevator was nothing more than just programming the elevator to stop at every floor for a designated amount of time, so you don't have to push buttons. You get in, you wait, the elevator will eventually come and will eventually take you to your floor. That's the, the original, original Shabbos elevator, which is, which is automated, so it's not a problem of Shvisa Skelem, let's say. It's automated, the elevator, but potentially it's Av Shemilsa, because an elevator makes loud noises, it beeps, it grinds, it's, it's doing something on Shabbos that's noticeable, and that anyone who will see you will see that you're being over on Shabbos. So it could potentially be negated to this. Now the problem is that there's many, many like um, subterranean parts of the elevator that cause much more shyness. As elevators get more and more sophisticated, and more safety measures were introduced into elevators, there's a tremendous amount of electronic eyes and sensors and weight measurers and all sorts of sophisticated technology that very clearly is monitoring the amount of people, the amount of weight, the timing, and, and etc. So that when a person comes into an elevator, he's triggering many things at the same time. He's, not, he's doing 10, 10 electric circuits are closing when he comes in. A weight monitor, a speed monitor, a safety monitor, a door guard, a, it's like endless things that could be 
that, that kept cropping up that made the Shaila much, much more complicated. Now, so to address this, there was two Mechons. They actually started together as one in Eretz Yisrael, like in the 50s. Uh, one is a professor, a rabbi professor, Rabbi Yisrael Rosen, Rabbi Dr. Yisrael Rosen, who's the, the head of today what's called, he's not alive, neither of them are alive, uh, I think he's not alive, I think none of them are alive anymore. He's the head of, was the head of what's called the Tzomet Institute, which is an institute for technology. That ended up becoming more of a, like I guess, a, a little bit more left-leaning organization. Well, from, from, but a little more left-leaning. And then there was something else called the Mada, Mechon Lemada V'Technologia Bahalacha, which ended up being a much more Haredi institution, like a black hat institution. And the, the person that develops the, we'll talk, we're gonna, for, for today's conversation, we're going to discuss the, not so much, we're going to discuss the Mechon's elevator, is, is Reblevi Yitzchak Halpern, Lebabach uh, Chassid, who was born in Yerushalayim, uh, Yelid Yerushalayim, a big genius, a great Chacham, who was actually a Rosh Hashiva and a Chabad Yeshiva in Bnei Brak until he was 40 years old, when they picked him, he was also drank Zech and Akailul in Yerushalayim from where the Mechon like, harvested its first group of Tamil Chachamim, and they picked him out of a hat. He had absolutely no scientific background, zero. Zero, zero, he had learned uh, Gemara Lamdus. He was saying a shir, blachir, Lamdus a shir every day. He had zero background in, in technology and in, in whatever. They picked him, it was a good pick, he made it his life's work, and he became the driving force behind this Mahon. He traveled to America several times, he partnered up with many, many professors. There's a famous uh, professor, Professor Zev Lev, I think, who was like his partner in the whole thing, and this Mahon begins to develop. Now this Mahon actually develops like alongside and in the shadow of Shem Zalman Orbach. These are a lot of the people, a lot of the main contributors to this Mahon, Sai on the science end and Sai on the halacha end, are people who lived or Drezich in Rechavia, you know, where Shem Zalman lived. They were, they were members of Rav Zalman's weekly shir that Rav Zalman gave for, for laymen. Rav Zalman had a shir he gave once a week for Balabatim. These were members of the shir. So this is like an institute that grows like in the shadow and under the influence of Rav Zalman. He's the, the guiding light. Rav Yitzhak Kaplan himself is a Paisik of note. He published a Sefer, Shut Maisa Chayshev, which I think is today seven volumes and several other whole svarim. One is um, uh, on Maliot B'Shabbat, an elevator Sefer, he has a Sefer on Grama B'Shabbos, a whole Sefer on Grama, and several more. He was a Tamil Chacham of note on his own, but this develops in like Rav Zalman's shadow. Rav Zalman's Chevraya is the one that's pushing this forward, who's guiding the, the whole elevator shadow. And what they do is basically that they develop a, a new software package for an elevator where you can stall, install it in the elevator so that it takes over all the software, all the computer systems, and it starts... It cuts off every one of these potential electrical circuits that would be triggered by a person entering an elevator, it shuts them off. It will take away the weight monitor, it will take away the speed monitor, it will take away, and it just sets everything at the highest setting, as if the elevator is at its fullest capacity at all times. Like that, there's no safety concern, and there's no Shabbos concern. And in regards to the door, which is a legal problem, the door, in order to prevent the door from closing on someone, elevators are are mandated by law to have an eye, right, that... You stick your hand and it stops. So now, in order to get around that, what they did is they instituted a, like a beep, a series of beeps, where the elevator will warn you that the door closing is coming. And on a Shabbos elevator that has the hechsher of this machon, one has to be makbid not to step into the elevator when the beeping is going on, because that means the electronic eye is triggered. When the beeping is going on, the electronic eye is engaged. When the beeping is not going on, the electronic eye is disabled. And a person comes in, etc., etc. Many, many like technical innovations that they built in and they kept 
updating their, their package. And in Eretz Yisrael, you'll see a lot of times, not in B'nai Brach, but in Yerushalayim or in hotels or in buildings, etc., you'll see a hechsher. Actually, someone sent me this morning after we put on the chat. We can talk about this. Nachmi Shifer sent me a picture of the elevator in the building he's staying in Eretz Yisrael of like the hechsher from the Mechon, Le Mada, whatever. It says what year they, like a regular hechsher, it says the last time it was checked. It says until when the hechsher is good. Like, it's a regular, like, Rava Machsher on the elevator, that, that this elevator is, is using this installed software package that makes the elevator kosher. Now, the, this Mechon got a heter from Rishon Zalman, and Rishon Zalman was matter this elevator for them, and in Shemir Shabbos Gilchasetz brought down Rishon Zalman's name, and uh, they got a heter for this. Now, Rabbi Yashiv, interestingly, who was another Yerushalayim Apoisik who, who Levi Yitzchak Kaplan was very close with, um, so he was a little bit less clear about his heter. Yashiv definitely liked some of their innovation and felt that it was sufficient enough to be makele. And, and he, would, he would let... Yashiv had a bigger problem with going down on an elevator. He felt that going up, they completely made it, made it in a way that it's not violating Shabbos. Going down, Yashiv felt like you're contributing to the mechanism that's bringing the elevator down. And therefore, even though the, the electric engine is doing it, the pistons are doing it, but you're like Shnaim Sha'asu with it. And, and Riyashiv had a thing, and Adkvekach is a, a funny story. When, when Rebbe Levi Yitzhak Halpern put out his Sefer Maliot Peshabbat, he went around bringing it to different Gedolim that, that he was close with. And he brought it to Riyashiv. Riyashiv looked at it and he said, It's mamish beautiful. Which, which means is A, a compliment, like you should keep Shtaig and keep growing, and B, you're allowed to go up with what you put in the Sefer. You can't come down. This is not convincing enough to me to, to allow you to come down in an elevator on Shabbos. Now, in 2009, there was some big put... Now, all along, the Bnei Brak Paiskim, let's say, Rishmul Vosner, Mnissin Karelitz, were strongly against. They held, A, like the Chazanish, everything electrical is much more chamer, because it's all deiraisis. There's much less wiggle room when you're handling deiraisis. And B, they were very sensitive to the idea of Zilusa the Shabbata and protecting the nature of Shabbos, and they were, there was no wiggle room on elevators, Shabbos elevators in Bnei Brak. Now, in 2009... Uh, a cadre of young Tamidei Chachamim hooked up with some scientists, some, some mechanical engineers, and they did like an expose on this Mahon's elevator and said that it's, it's not doing what it claims to do, and there's all sorts of problems, and they went and they collected signatures, and they got Rav Vosner, Nissen Karelitz, Rav Chaim Kanievsky signed on, Baron Leib, I think, signed on, and the shocking pickup was they got Rabbi Yashif to sign on. They got Rabbi Yashif to sign on that the Mahon's elevators are not kosher. Rishon Zalman was already uh, long deceased. Rishon Zalman died in 1996. He was long gone. And, uh, and uh, they, they paskin that the elevators are not doing what it says to do, and you can't use a Shabbos elevator on, on Shabbos. Now, just to know, in the tshuva, in the kalkaira, the tshuva that they put out, it's interesting to see Rishon Vosner does not hide his, his predisposed displeasure. Rishon Vosner writes, he says, Kvar shanim harbe, chashashnu zulzula de b'shabata. It leads with that right away. For many years, even when you told us that it was halachically okay, we felt it was zilzul the Shabbos. So, Achshav Shinoida Hanal, that maybe it's not even so iskalt and in Shabbos, who gam together Isser, Varini Mitzarav, Lanal, Achasim, Shmuel, Levi Vosner. So, Vosner writes Klar that I was never, I was predisposed to be against Shabbos elevators due to the zilus of the Shabbat element of it. But now that you tell me that it's not even iskalt, then, then uh, you know, I'm happy. Now, Levi Yitzhak Halper and his Machon published rebuttals, strongly worded rebuttals and showed that the science was faulty and that these Rabbanim were misled and they stand by their Hachshar and they collected some more signatures to agree with them and Rabbi Yashiv was, was you know, was, you told them things that aren't true and etc, etc, and the fight rages on. They didn't uh, change their position and, 
There's still, still many, many Shabbos elevators that have their Hechsher, obviously. They're the better Hechsher for Shabbos elevators. And, and they did not uh, bow down to, to that Psak from B'nai Brak, which is mostly, primarily predicated on Zilus of the Shabbat, because that's the, the main thrust of these Paiskim. Now, now um, yeah, so they, they stuck with it. And I just, to me, it was like, it, it, like the, the, the Gemara says, Yerushalayim le'neschakal l'shvatim. Like, which means something different. But Yerushalayim is not given to one specific method of thought. Yerushalayim is a big cosmopolitan city that has many, many people. And obviously, even, yes, there are Haredim Kanoim, but there's also many other stripes and colors of Haredim and less Haredim. And therefore, the Shabbos elevator, based on the heter of the Smachon and Rosham Zalman and, and Rosham Zalman's, you know, school of thought, definitely caught on. In Yerushalayim, there's, there's hundreds, probably thousands of buildings that have Shabbos elevators. And there are buildings all over Yerushalayim that are built to... to relatively high heights that would be, you know, very uncomfortable without a Shabbos elevator and all the buildings that are marketed to Americans buying buildings have Shabbos elevators, etc., etc. It, it, it definitely caught on in a very, you know, wide-ranging and popular manner in Yerushalayim. As opposed to B'nai Brak, we're up to, up to, just to close the circuit over here, up to where we started with, with this new development that was being built in, in B'nai Brak, there was no even attempt to have Shabbos elevators in B'nai Brak. Now, this was the most recent attempt and it just ended up circling back to the same themes again. That even if Rabbi Gel, Rabbis Gelber and Rubin felt that, and they were partnering with this Mahon, with Rabbi, Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Kaplan's son, who's today the, the Reisha of the Mahon, who, keep in mind, I'm never talking about someone with a beard down to here, from as could be. No, we're not, nothing liberal about it. They were partnering with Rabbi Yitzhak, with that Mahon to tweak the elevator in light of the critique and make it perfect. And some say it circles back to the same thing. That even if you could make the elevator perfect, the Rabbani B'nai Brak, the G'daylum of B'nai Brak, felt that in order to protect the unique nature and environment of a Shabbos, they're not comfortable allowing the elevator, even if you could tell them there's no, there's no actual current halacha shayla. Now, I didn't realize how long this was going. I really wanted to go into the idea of Zilus of the Shabbat a little more, so I think this is going to become a series. We're going to continue. There's many more shaylas throughout the Dairis, like, uh, for example, trains and bikes and even driving on Shabbos that are relevant to the same... Underpinning, so we'll continue.